to see you in the house today. What an honor to be here. Don't you love your campus pastors? I am so grateful for those wonderful people. You never have to wonder what Chris Morvath is thinking. He will tell you. And uh, you need friends like that in your life. So I'm thankful for them. Lacey, it's wonderful to be able to worship with a Florida Gator fan in the house. I, I love it. I love the spirit of worship in this house. Pastor Richie, Stephanie, family, I love you so much. I honor you today in whatever um, stress and hairs the balls can't pull out. I'll do all I can to help with the rest of it, but I love you and honor you today. And uh, what a weight to have to carry to stand in this pulpit. They had to scrape the bottom of the barrel to make it one more week before Pastor Kevin could get here. I'm ready for that man to be back. Anybody ready for him to be back? We are ready for him. I want to quickly go to the book of First Chronicles. First Chronicles chapter 4. Man, they sang all over it today. But I just believe God's going to break somebody through today. And I'm grateful for it. Do you ever get aggravated? You're in one room, comfortable, feet kicked up, got everything you want, but you need something, and it's in the other room. Anybody yell at somebody in the other room to bring it to you in the room you're in? Yeah, I do that. Uh, my littlest one, Carly, thinks she's the queen of the house. She is stubborn, will not move from that room. Just keep yelling from across the hall until somebody brings it to her. Well, I feel like the Lord has something for some people in the room today, but he's not going to bring it to you in the room you're in. You're going to have to step through to the other room where it's at if you're going to get what God has for you today. So I want to tell you, I'm going to deliver the word, but it's going to be your choice if you're going to step in and receive what he has for you today. First Chronicles chapter 4, just two verses of scripture, down at verse number 9. Words magically get bigger when you do that. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. That your hand would be with me. You know, I've made up my mind. I don't want to go anywhere, anywhere without the hand of the Lord on my life. All kinds of places you could go, but I have been where that hand's not touching, and I need his hand on my life. Your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil. Somebody say, keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. I love that line. God granted him what he requested. I'm telling you, if you'll get in line with his will, 
get in line with his ways. You can cry out to the God of Israel and he will hear you and grant your requests. Would you just look at somebody right now and say, God hears you today, neighbor. He hears you. He hears you today. Can we pray? Father, we thank you today. Father, I thank you for your presence that's here. God, we celebrate new life in you today. Father, I'm thankful for all those who came public with their faith today. God, I was so blessed to see a dad baptizing his children, a generational blessing going down through it. Father, raise up fathers in this house, the men of this house. God, that they would stand up, be the priest, king, and prophet of their home and pass down that generational blessing and break the curse off of their family today. Father, I thank you that you're in this place. Holy Spirit, we need your, your anointing. We need your breath in this place today. We don't need Chris's word today. We need a word from the Lord today. So I ask you to bless this word. Open our hearts and minds to hear and receive all that you have for us. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Look at your neighbor on your way down. Say, neighbor, I don't know what you did, but you smell so much better than you did last week. <laughs> yeah, if that was the same neighbor you were sitting with, look at somebody else and tell them, you smell better than the one I was sitting by last week. I wanna talk for the next few moments about moving from pain to praise. Moving from pain to praise. These two verses of scripture have always stuck out to me. It's the only two verses in the Bible where we hear about this man named Jabez. He is suddenly appears and suddenly disappears. And it's in a chapter where it's one of those chapters in your daily Bible reading that you just hit the audio Bible and you lay there and rest before the Lord as it flows down through all the begets, so-and-so begets, so-and-so, and you just lay there, thank God they were born. Hallelujah, praise God. And you're just letting it roll through. And it's so-and-so begets, so-and-so begets, so-and-so begets, so-and-so. And all of a sudden at verse number nine, it pauses and says, now Jabez. Something got the rider and got God's attention. Don't you like it when somebody sees you, notices you? You know you do. You come to church, you done went and found a sale yesterday, and you done got some great shirt, man, some blouse that you're wearing. You come strutting in this morning, just happy. Somebody says, I love that shirt. Thank you, thank you. You know, you get this big grin, and you're like, got it on sale. You know, it's great. And you just love when somebody notices you. They, they notice what you did. I, I love when, when people come and they say, thank you for sending that card in the mail. And they, they noticed what you did something during the week. We, we like to be seen, right? But I think we go about it the wrong way sometimes. Uh, maybe you weren't like me in school, but when I was in school, if I wanted to answer a question, I was waving my hand, I was jumping up and down screaming, please pick me. And Mrs. Wright would never pick me because she really wasn't right. She was wrong. And she would pick somebody else who was seated quiet and not doing anything. And I feel like our world is screaming like that today. Please notice 
me. Please see me. But when I read this scripture, it shows me that it's honor that gets the Lord's attention. Honor that gets the Lord's attention. Wanting to get to the next place, it's your honor that allows you to be seen. But here's our problem. In a social media world, we live in a society where it's not so much about honor, but trying to impress someone. See, my great-grandparents, my great-grandma Cole, uh, my great-grandma Mosley, my great-grandparents, even my grandparents, they didn't live a life to impress anybody. They wanted to make sure that they honored God in every part of their life. And somewhere down the generational crazy gene line, we've lost that somewhere where it's not so much about am I honoring God today, but am I impressing the person that sees me today? But if you're going to step from a place of pain into praise, it's not your applause that's going to get you through the door. It's not how many likes you have on your social media, how many uh, retweets, re-Xs now, I don't know, re-threads or likes, hearts on Instagram. It's not how much of that that's gonna get you out of a place of pain and into where God wants you to be. It's the honor that unlocks the door. So you and I try to beat down through this door. We try to kick it down. We try to let them know who we are, whose mom and dad I have, and who this person is, and it never gets us through the door. But when we show honor to God, and let me tell you, honor's not just what you do. Honor's what you say. And you gotta understand, I talk to myself more than I talk to anybody every time they put a microphone in my face. Because every one of us have to die to self daily and say, God, it's not about me, but it's all about you. And we've got to get back to showing honor to God, not just in a church house when everybody sees us, but on Monday morning when all hell's breaking loose, we got to stop and pause and say, God, I give you honor today. Don't you want God to see you today and and notice what you're going through? There's a name of God in the Bible that's not mentioned very much, and it's the name El Roy, the God who sees. There's many names of God where it starts with El, which means God, but Roy has a wonderful definition. Roy in the Hebrew can be translated as shepherd, as seeing, looking, or gazing. See, Elroy, when God sees you, doesn't just glance at you and move on to the next person. Elroy, he's a shepherd. A shepherd watches every sheep and he gazes. He pauses to see you where you are. You may feel invisible in the room today, but Elroy is gazing at you, looking at you. You say, I don't want God looking at me. He he gonna get mad at me if he looks at me. Can I tell you, God's not mad at you this morning. He's not looking at you to beat you down and kick you over and, and tell every mistake you've ever done in your life. He is gazing at you with eyes of love today, saying, that's my child 
I see you. You know, when your kid's screaming at you, you're looking at them smiling like, I see you. I see you. You don't have to kick and scream with God. He sees you. This Elroy is mentioned in Genesis 16. Hagar is running from Sarai from punishment of feeling forgotten and alone. And Hagar declares, you are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. He sees those who seem invisible to everybody else. He saw the lepers when they were on the side of the road and the outcasts from everybody else. He, he saw the sick and the forgotten when they were thrown aside. He paused to see them. And God sees you right where you are today. How do you know he sees me, Pastor Chris? You just gotta take a few moments and remember all that God's done for you. If you don't do this, I would encourage you to do this. Write down your prayers that you're praying. We, we have a little book and we keep all the list of our prayers in there of what's going on. If you ever wonder if God sees you, start going back through the prayers that you've been praying. Because sometimes we just get in a habit of praying the same old things over and over again. But when you pause to look at all that you've been praying for, you will see that God has been there the entire time. I remember praying for my boys when they were sick early on in life and we would pray for them and I kept praying these same things but after months, I would look back and go, God answered that prayer. I, I remember praying for other family members. We didn't pout about them. We didn't, we didn't complain about them. We just began to pray for them. And we didn't pray for one week. We prayed for a month. We prayed for another month. And we ended up praying for years. And it went three, four years down the road. But I got to sit with family just this past summer and see the faithfulness of God when they were the ones leading devotion with the family, when they wouldn't even come to devotion. You Years before, you got to pause and see the faithfulness of God. Anybody know that God's faithful? He is faithful today. Can we give God praise that he is faithful? Not only is he faithful in the past, but just today you can look and see that God sees you. Your eyes opened up this morning. There was breath that filled your lungs. He is faithful. You have another day to honor the Lord today. When somebody buys your coffee on one random morning, you should pause and thank God. Thank you that you see me today. When you're out eating lunch today and somebody pays for your meal at your table when you go to pay it, you can say, God, you see me today. But just the fact that you're alive and that you have someone here worshiping with you today, you're in a room full of people, this is a safe place, a loving place, you should be thankful that God sees you today. And it was Jabez's honor that allowed him to see. See, many people are in the past, they're in their pain, and they can't see God because of the pain that they're feeling, the pain of hurt, of somebody said something about them, somebody did something to them, and they just carry the weight of that hurt with them, and they say, where are you, God? They're in the middle of sickness, and, and it doesn't seem like it's getting better. You watch everybody else get their miracle and their breakthrough, yet you still sit in your pain, and you're like, God, I don't see you. But I promise you, in the midst of that mess, if you'll just begin to honor the Lord and say, God, I know I don't see it right now, but I know you see it. I don't see how we're getting out of this, but I know you see the way out of it. You're already in my tomorrow before I get there. And I know your word. Start reminding him of the word. I know your word 
word says that you have plans to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me a hope in a future. I promise you, if you'll begin to honor the Lord, the door will get unlocked and you will be able to see God working in the midst of your pain. I want to see God. Anybody want to see God? I want to see him working. I know we're going to go through trials and tribulations, but that's just a chance for him to get more glory in the situation. When the devil starts stirring up all hell in your life, begin to throw up your hands and praise God because God's getting ready to do something great in your life. He sees you and you can see him. Honor not only opens the door for you to see God in the midst of what you're going through, but God, honor will open the door for you to step out from a place of pain into a place of praise. See, everyone is known for something. Your family is known for something, right? Like we mentioned, who's all them loud people? I mean, they loud screaming all the time. I mean, every time you, you see them at Walmart, you, you see them at the restaurant, you see them, they're like, oh, yeah, that, that's that family. You're known for being loud. Yeah. Uh, some families are known for just being downright rude. Don't talk to them. I don't care. I, I, everything could be going right in their life, but they're going to find three things wrong, and they're going to be mad about it. They, they know, you're known for something. And some families are known for things they don't want to be known about. And you just keep growing up saying, well, it was like that for my grandpa, and it was like that for my dad, it's like that for my brother, it's like that for my sister, so it's just going to be that way in my life. But I'm telling you, you have a choice today. You don't have to be known for what everybody else is known for. You can say, I'm going to honor God, and I want to be known for what he wants to be known for in my life. And that's exactly where Jabez was. Jabez's mother named him Jabez out of her pain, grief, and sorrow. I don't know what kind of pain she was going through. And I certainly have no clue the pain involved in childbirth. But many of you in the room can say, mm-hmm, yeah, I, I know that pain. I don't know if it was the pain of the birth of Jabez or, or other pain, but she slapped her pain, grief, and sorrow on top of Jabez. That must have been a horrible pain. You know, I would never want to do that to my children. Our two boys, twins born June 29, 2010, weren't supposed to be born that day. We had several months to go. They were born super early, no bigger than the size of my hand. My wife had preeclampsia. Her blood pressure was through the roof, and they had to hurry and get us into the operating room to be able to deliver those boys. And I watched those boys being delivered, and we're in a real tense situation, and there is no way I'm wanting to cause any more pain in the, in the room. I can see my wife in pain. I, I don't know how our boys are going to be. I can see the stress on doctors' faces. I'm just trying to lighten up the mood. I don't want it to stay stressful and tense. And so I look down at my wife and I say, I just saw all your intestines get pulled out and put on the table. <laughs> I mean, it was like Grey's Anatomy come to life right there in front of me. She said, shut up. I'm sorry. They delivered Zachary first. Zachary comes out, and I, the first words out of my mouth were, man, he is so tiny. 
And they take him off and, and then Will's born. And when Will comes out, he is purple and blue all over. He's not crying. He's not squealing. He's not doing anything. They just grab his little limp body and they rush off with him. And I don't see him. I'm asking doctors and nurses in the room. They're sewing my wife up. I'm like, hey, was that second baby okay? Everything all right? Nobody would say nothing to me. I turn around to the nurse taking care of my wife. I'm like, hey, do you know about it? She's like, I'm taking care of your wife. I don't know anything. They're in another room. I can't see them. I have no clue what's going on. I finally get to them. They're hooked up. To, they got an IV in every limb of their body. There's wires running out. I'm watching their little heart come through their little chest and the thin skin there, and they're frailing, and I can see the pain on those boys. My wife couldn't even see them for a whole week till she got healthy enough for me to wheel her down there, and when I wheeled her down there, and I took her up to the first boy's little bed that we couldn't even touch them yet, and we're looking at them, and my wife just sat there and cried. On a day that was supposed to be happy and celebratory, we are sitting there covered in pain and grief because we don't know what the next day holds. And in that moment, there was not one ounce of us that said, we're just going to throw more pain on top of our kids in that moment. If anything, we wanted to take away the pain from them. But some of you are carrying a weight today that you did not cause on yourself. And you're carrying a weight that somebody else has slapped on you and said, I'm not carrying this pain. It's your fault. You're the cause of it. And you have walked around carrying this pain all of your life. And the Lord did not put that pain on you. But he came to take it off of you. You see, many say, yes, Pastor Chris, I want to go out of this junk, out of this mess, but you've got all the pain. You got somebody that said, you should have done better. You know, you should have been better. You always mess up. You always fail, and you're just carrying all this pain around, all this junk that everybody else has put on you, and you want to be Mr. Nice Guy or Mr. Nice Lady, and so you don't want them hurting, so here, I'll carry all the pain, but you can't get to where God wants you to get because you won't let go of the junk that's in your life. You come into church and they start singing about, I'm going to shake off despair and a victory dance. And you'd love to give a victory dance, but you got so much load on you today that you can't even dance. And God's saying, I didn't put that on you. I'm not asking you to carry that not one more day. Just let it go and be free. Pastor Chris, I'd really love to let go, but I don't know how to let go. I tell you how you let go. You start listening to the Lord and quit listening to everybody else. Because just like Jabez, he can change things in your life. How does he do that? Jabez called on the God of Israel. He called on the God of Israel. I love that it's specific and says the God of Israel. Because I can ask anybody, do you believe in God? Absolutely, I believe in God. But everybody's got their own perception of who God is. You know, well, I can worship the moon. I can worship the stars. I can worship the sun. Or I can just worship my bank account and thank God for that. And my self-made self, I can worship that and be good. But Jacob called on the God of of Israel. And before Israel was Israel, his name was Jacob. Jacob was a trickster. 
But one wrestling match with God changed his name. And just like he changed Jacob's name, he'll change your name. If you'll lay down all the junk, he can change your name today. Now, I talk about my kids all the time, but I see God working in them, and it reminds me of how good God is in his faithfulness. I told you our twin boys, but our daughter, Carly, we adopted four or five years ago from China. And when we found Carly, her name wasn't Carly at the time. Her name was Ji Wan Dong. You're impressed, right? I can speak Cantonese. Absolutely, that's all I know. Ji Wan Dong. But she was given that last name by the orphanage that she lived in. And every child in the orphanage had the last name Dong. That's how they identified the children. They knew what province they were in and they knew who they belonged to and they belonged to that orphanage. Now we don't know much about Carly before we got Carly. Not a lot of information out there. All we know is she was dropped off at a fire station at two and a half years old and the fire station found her and they took her to this orphanage and that orphanage took great care of her, sent us home with a book of preschool material that she had done. Can't read any of it, but she did all of it and she has learned to do all kinds of great life skills before we even got her in our hands and they took care of her during that time. I don't know why the mother dropped her off at a fire station but I praise God today that she dropped her off at a fire station and didn't leave her laying in an alley somewhere. She knew if I get her there, somebody will take care of her. I don't know why she couldn't take care of her anymore, but at least she had the common courtesy to leave her where she would get somewhere safe. Now you say a two and a half year old don't remember any of that. I mean, she don't know. She's got special needs. She, she, she's not gonna remember any of that. Oh, I can promise you. She, she remembers more than we'll probably ever get out of her to know. Because you leave her in a room. Just last night, we're unloading from a church event. She's in my office and we're in the back somewhere doing something and she looks around and nobody else is in the room. You know what happens? Crocodile tears start coming out of her face and she just stands there and cries and won't yell for nobody, ask if you're in the room. Why? Because that, that forgottenness starts to come up in, in her mind again that she's been left somewhere. But let me tell you, we weren't keeping the name Ji Wan Dong because when we went together, we looked at it as a promise from God that he was changing her life, that he was taking her from a place of forgottenness and aloneness and abandonment and bringing her into every promise that God had for her. And so my wife asked one day, what do you want to name Carly? What do you want to name her? I said, I don't know, a girl name. Let's name her a girl name. She says, well, I've been praying about it. Thank God somebody has. Yes, you've been praying about it. So she says, we have two great moms. Her mom's name is Carol. Carol means a joyous song. My mom's name's Lisa, and Lisa means God's promise. She says, I think we combine both of our mom's names for her to remind her that she does have loving caring mothers in her life. So she says, I think we name her Carly's. Carly's, combining Carol and Lisa, call her Carly for short, and her name would mean a joyous sound of God's 
promise. And I said, no argument for me on that. So every time we say the name Carly or we say Carlise when we take her to an appointment and have to tell him that name, I'm reminded of a joyful sound of God's promise. Every time I hear that girl sing Frozen and Let It Go and Elsa and Encanto and going through the house singing, it reminds me of a joyous sound of God's promise because yeah, you may have been in one place, but God can bring you to the next place. When you begin to honor and worship the Lord, he'll change your past and he'll turn it into praise today. Can somebody thank him that he didn't leave you where you were, but he brought you out from where you were? And yeah, people may know who you used to be, but thank God you're not that person anymore, that there's a God who loves you, who cares about you and can transform your life today. He can change your name and move you from a place of pain into a place of praise. Well, I know he did it for her, but I don't know about me. Well, I'll just walk through my family for just a moment. My dad, Chuck Ryan, was a drunk and an alcoholic who lost all college scholarships and looked like no hope for him in the future. But God got a hold of his life one day, wrecked his life, changed his life. He became the priest and the king of his home. He's retiring in just a few months, very successful, ready to do whatever he wants to do. Why? Because he called on the God of Israel and he changed everything in his life. My mother Lisa was a worrier who worries about everything, fearful of everything, but one day she called on the God of Israel. And when she called on the God of Israel, he turned the worry into a mighty prayer warrior and made her a mighty intercessor who I know prays for me every day and prays for her children and sees the fruit of that every time she prays. When Chris Ryan called on the name of the Lord, he ripped off every label of every mess that I ever created in my life, of everything that said, you don't deserve it. You shouldn't be there. You won't be there. And he ripped it off and God gave me a new name. And when you call on the God of Israel, he'll remove the fear out of your life. When you call on the God of Israel, he'll take away the failures out of your life. When you call on the God of Israel, he'll remove the addiction in your life and you can have a new name today. Somebody just cry out to the God of Israel today and thank him that he loves you. I'm going to ask the worship man to come up here because not only does honor open the door for you to see God, not only does honor open a way for you to move from your past into a place of where you're in God's presence, but it wants to open you up to more. Anybody just tired of the same old, same old? I mean, you've seen some good things in your life, but I get tired of talking about things from the past. I know God's got more for me today than he had for me yesterday. And I know he'll have more for me tomorrow. And all I have to do is stay focused on him. Do you know that word honorable? That word honorable is the word kabod. And it's a verb. And I didn't pay attention much in grammar class, but a verb takes action. Like I can't just say it. I gotta do it. I gotta show it. And the same word honorable that is kabod, when you look at the word honor, it's the same word, kabod. So it's the same word that means I gotta show honor, but it also describes the one receiving honor. It describes the one giving the honor and the one receiving the honor. 
So if I want honor in my life, I've got to show honor. I can't just demand it. I can't just go on my name. But I've got to humble myself and I've got to show it. Boy, God has a funny way of humbling you when you keep trying to push your way through. He'll humble you down. But it also describes you get more of what you show. Because when I look at the definition, when I look at the definition, it means to be heavy, to be weighty, to be grievous, to be hard, to be rich, to be glorious, and to be burdensome. It's a lot of back and forth there. It shows me there's a good sense and there's a bad sense. The bad sense means that I get weighty. Kabod means weighty. Like, you feel it. You carry it. And the bad sense is I'm weighty with burdens and I'm severe, grieved, and it's dull in my life. And I'm, I'm carrying this weight. That's why you see in Exodus when Pharaoh says his hard heart became even more hard. It continued to harden. What does that mean? The more I spew out my pain, the more I complain about my pain, the more I gripe about everybody else and all the bad stuff in my life, guess what I'm gonna get more of? All the bad and all the crazy in my life. When we just sit around and gripe about our nation and we gripe about our leaders and we just talk about how bad they are all the time, guess what we get more of? We get more of the crazy, more of the chaos. We need somebody to rise up and be a little different today and say, I'm not gonna honor the chaos and the craziness in my life. I'm gonna honor the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I know those are not attributes of my God, so I will not honor those attributes. That's why a wife has to honor the king inside her husband, even when he's not acting like the king he's supposed to be. But if you'll start calling it out, I promise you, you'll start seeing more of it come out of them. When your children are acting crazy, don't just keep telling them how crazy and how bad and how messed up they are. You tell them you're a son of the most high God. You're a daughter of the most high God. And they don't act like that. You're going to act like the daughter and the son of God that you're supposed to be. You got to honor what you want to see in your life. So there's a bad sense, but there's also a good sense. It's so on the good sense means it's numerous. More than I can count. More than I can handle. It's rich. Full of honor. Genesis 13 2 says, Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. He generously sold honor and abundantly reaped honor. He was weighted down with honor. He wasn't weighted down with burdens. He was weighted down with honor. He didn't stay in a place of being weighted down with pain. And many of you can choose to walk out those doors today and carry this junk right back out the door with you today. But you can say, I'm tired of carrying that weight today. And I choose to honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. God, I know I've not always been where I need to be. I know I haven't always said what I need to be saying and, and in the place I need to be. But God, I honor you that you didn't walk out on 
me. God, I honor you that you've always had your arms open to me. God, I honor you that goodness and mercy are chasing me down today. Not shame, guilt, and condemnation, but your goodness and your mercy are chasing me down. And God, I just want to experience that goodness and mercy. God, I'm tired of the pain. I want my family to experience that goodness and mercy. God, don't let me cause pain to them. And God says, come on in. Come on in. You can have if you'll just align and get your eyes focused on me and you can step into a place of more because it says Jabez weighted down with pain, grief, and sorrow. His family known for mixing their worship. He stepped out of that and he says, I want to honor the God of Israel. He is the one true God. And he began to call on God and said, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my territory. Bless me indeed. Help me not to cause pain. And the word says, God granted his request. Anybody needing to grant your request today? Can you stand to your feet right where you are? And can we just lift up our hands in this moment? I don't care what time it is or, or where you gotta get to today. Can we just lift up our hands and honor the King of Kings in this place today? Come on, I know you've been thinking about a lot of stuff you gotta do today. That's what happens in church. We say, well, I show up there and God didn't do nothing in my life. Yeah, because we treat it as common and ordinary. We clip our nails, we look at our calendar and God don't stay. And we're like, where is he? But I promise you, if you want him to stay, if you'll honor him, if you'll set aside everything and just begin to honor the King of Kings, it's a place he wants to stay today. And I believe this is a place he wants to stay, a place he wants to rest on you today. If you'll just begin to honor him in this moment, come on, can we honor him and say, God, I need you in my life today. God, I don't want just a little bit of you. I want more of you in my life today. We honor you, King Jesus. You're worthy of our praise today. God, if anything's coming in this room today, let it be your presence today. If anything's leaving this room today, let it be the fear. Let it be the failure. Let it be the past mistakes, God. Let the weight of the past be removed off of us today. And may we receive more of your presence in our life today. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. You're worthy. Come on, would you honor him with the fruit of your lips? Too many times we let other people do the praising for us. We let other people do the requesting for us. But he's given you too He's given you a mouth to open up and begin to magnify him. Come on, we magnify everything else in our life. Why don't we magnify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? You're worthy today, Jesus. You're worthy of our praise today, Jesus. When you walk in. Everything changes, every hopeless situation ceases to exist. And when you walk into the room, every heart starts burning, and nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. Come on, can we just open the door for him today? Oh, you're welcome in this place today. 